Hey, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for uh, joining us this morning. I'd love to pray for us and uh, us to jump into this. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for uh, all that you have done for us. And um, Lord, I just I want to thank you, Lord, for having your hand on your church, uh, even in this day and age. And uh, God, what you're doing, uh, Lord, through uh, even technology and folks watching and listening to this right now. God, I just pray, Lord, that you would use that for your kingdom, uh, for the purpose of salvation. Uh, Lord, whatever it may be, God, I just pray, uh, Lord, that you would uh, remind people today uh, that you are the rescuer. And Lord, you've got a plan. And so, Father, I just pray, uh, Lord, today that you would use this to speak through your word. And um, God, just uh, be glorified in what we do here. God, thank you that we can do this. And we ask all this in your son's name. Amen. So um, this uh, this morning, I want to share with you a passage of Scripture that I haven't taught from in a very long time. Uh, many, many years ago, I did a series uh, on a book in the Old Testament called Hosea. Uh, and that's where we're going today, if you want to turn and join us there. Uh, and uh, Hosea, just to kind of give you a little bit of background, uh, is a story about a man who God calls him to take a wife who is a prostitute. And so um, that becomes a very challenging story as you go throughout the story. And I'm not going to uh, tell you the whole story today, but uh, to give you just the basics of that, you know, basically, uh, Jose is called to be faithful to her. Her name is Gomer. Uh, and uh, to be faithful to her, even when she's not faithful to him. Uh, this is part of God's plan. And, and I, I got to tell you, I so need to hear God's got a plan today. I, you know, just a lot of things going on. And I got to tell you, it's just, it's just good to be reminded of that uh, from time to time. And, and, and in through uh, this man's life and this woman's life, God uses this story to remind us of his plan uh, and that he has a plan, he has a strategy, all these things. Um, and it is to do something great. And we will get to that in just a few minutes. Um, to kind of, you know, kind of go along with this, I mean, if you, if you think that your mess, your uh, your marriage has got struggles, uh, I mean, this marriage is on the struggle bus. Uh, and uh, or maybe you're not married, but you know some friends maybe that they're struggling right now. This is this is struggling marriage. I'm going to tell you, uh, and not to make light of anything anybody's going through either. But uh, I just I just see that in the midst of something here, God using a situation to do something. It's unbelievably amazing. Uh, they had three kids at the point that we're picking up in the story, which is chapter three. Uh, they had three kids at this point, and uh, she is still being unfaithful. And, and to be honest with you, at this point, she has actually gotten herself into a predicament where she has at some point sold herself, uh, probably, uh, who knows? Who? I mean, just imagine it in, in this day and age, you know, somebody getting themselves into something like this that happens in this day and age over addiction or anything else, uh, owing money or who knows. But somewhere along the way, she literally sold, you know, she gave up her own rights uh, and she was bought. And so uh, that's where we pick up right here. Uh, and in the midst of this, God calls Hosea to do something again. He calls him to bring Gomer back. So that's what we're going to pick up. Hosea chapter 3, verse 1, and just read along with me. It says, And the Lord said to me, Go again, 
love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love cakes of raisins. Now, don't let that last part throw you off. I know that's kind of weird, like throwing in the whole cakes of raisins thing. Uh, That's thought that, we don't know for sure, but that's thought that that was something uh, that people uh, were holding high as a part of a cult or something at that time, basically some other religion, some other thing going on uh, that uh, people were into and it you know becomes something that was so important to them it was like godlike you know or whatever and basically you know there's there's this whole point of verse one right here um you know let's just read it again the lord said to him the lord said to me is hosea talking this first person is pretty amazing uh go again love a woman who's loved by another man and is an adulteress even as the lord loves the children of israel though they turn to other gods and love Cakes raisins, okay, and so it's it's this whole there's there's a there's a parallel here uh, to this story. It is it and and it's all the way through the book of Hosea that we see this that we see uh, God and Israel and Hosea and Gomer, the husband and the wife, and God and his children, and this and this whole like God is faithful, Hosea is faithful. God's children are not faithful. Gomer is not faithful. And God uses that throughout the book of Hosea uh, to show us his love for us and uses his call on Hosea's life to also show his love for us and people like Gomer. One of the things that I love about verse 1 that really speaks to my heart, I guess you could say, is, and the Lord said to me, again, Hosea saying this, and the Lord said to me, go again. Go again. You know, uh, because of it being Hosea, because of him speaking about this the way that he is, and because of how he says this, go again, is almost kind of this, you know, and I don't, I'm not saying that Hosea is saying it uh, in a bad spirit or anything like that, but he is saying it in such a way that we are reminded that he is doing something that God has called him to do before which is to go again and do his best to be faithful to Gomer. Uh, To go again, love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress. I mean, this is what we see in chapter 1 of the book of Hosea. And so he's saying that the Lord is telling him to again go after her. So uh, we have that whole thing. And again, this whole thing of showing God's love uh, uh, through, through Hosea for Gomer and uh, and his love for his people. And we see that literally in the verse. We don't even have to guess about like, oh, is this some parallel? I mean, it says it. He says it in verse one right there. Uh, Even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods. Uh, Then you have verse two. And in verse two, it says, so I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and a homer, an electic uh, of barley. Uh, And so... uh, here we have Hosea going to Gomer and to get her because, again, she's gotten herself in some sort of predicament where she's not just out there willy-nilly on her own and has like some kind of freedom at this point. She is owned by somebody else at this point. She's literally a slave, and, and I'm, I'm going to guess a sex slave. I'm going to guess just because of what we know of you know what she has done and been doing and that kind of thing. 
And so um, it's not as simple as Hosea just going and finding her and saying, hey, come home. It's time to come home. It's not that. He has to literally go and buy her. And it comes with a great cost. He has to put up not just money. It te- it te- this tells me something. There's, there's money on the table, 15 shekels of silver, and a homer, and a lectic of barley. I mean, basically, he's like, here's all the money I got, and I'm throwing in this other stuff to like make the deal good enough so that I can get my wife back. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's insane. Uh, and, and, it's, and it's a reminder to us. It, it's a reminder to us a couple things. Uh, that the call that God puts on our lives at times comes with great cost. And, and some, sometimes it's even financial. Uh, sometimes, sometimes that cost is, you know, uh, he calls you to stay at a job where you don't make as much money as, or something like that, or uh, whatever it is, or you know, to, to stay in a, a neighborhood, to be there for your neighbors, or whatever, whatever it may be. But whatever it is, God calls people, calls us at times to do things that come with great cost. Sometimes it's emotional. Sometimes it's physical, you know. Uh, but the great cost comes to play here for him to literally buy her back, buy his wife back. And uh, and I'm just reminded that the call to follow God at times comes with a great cost. Uh, verse 3 it goes on, it says, And I said to her, You must dwell as mine for many days, you shall not play the whore or belong to another man, so will I also be to you. This is a get real statement right here between Hosea and Gomer, uh, where he says, and I said to her, he's telling us what he said, you must dwell as mine for many days. He's telling her, you're mine. I bought you, okay? I, I'm, I'm going to go with the situation here that things probably aren't just like super great between them at this point, you know? But the Lord has led him to do this, has called him to do this. He's going to do it. He's done it. And then he's telling her, you're mine. I've, I've bought you now my slave uh, or whatever, uh, but he didn't buy her with the same reasoning that these other people had. So don't look at him in the wrong light here. Uh, he's he's buying her literally in hopes to save her. And it goes on and says, "You shall not play the whore, or belong to another man." And he's you know he's kind of laying the groundwork of like you're mine, and you're not going anywhere, you're doing anything. And we have we have there in the middle of all that uh, that uh, you must dwell as mine for many days. We don't know how long that is. But we, we can read into that, that it's for some lengthy period of time. Um, and, and my thinking is, at this point, is that God, we don't, God doesn't give us like the length of time here. And I think, I think that might be on purpose. I'm just reading a little bit into this, uh, that, that you know, sometimes we don't know how long something's going to take. We don't know that in whatever length of time is what you know, we hope will happen. Will it happen? Will her heart change in this period of time? We hope so, right? I mean, we want to see them back together. goes on, it says, You shall not play the whore, belong to any other man. So will I also be to you. And in that statement, what he's saying is, I also, like other men, am not going to be intimate with you. We're not going to do that right now. And so not only is he saying, you're not going to sleep around, but he's also saying, you and I are not going to be intimate. And so, you know, this whole idea of that is, 
this reminder that they're probably not best friends at this moment, but he recognizes we need to give this some space. We want to try to ease back into things, hopefully in some type of healthy manner. He's obviously, I'm sure, hoping, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe he's really struggling in his heart. I'm sure he's hoping somewhere along the way that things could work out for the best for their family, for he and her, all those things. I mean, there's there's a lot going on right here, right? Uh, but it, at the end of the day, he's laying the groundwork for what this is going to look like between them. He goes on in verse 4, it says, For the children of Israel shall dwell many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or pillar, without ephod or household gods. This is, this is, you know, this whole understanding in this verse right here is, is this whole understanding that the people of Israel, God's people, are going to have to go without some things. And I think this is fitting uh, following, you know, some of what Hosea just said to Gomer. You know, you're going to have to go without uh, some things. You know, I've bought you back and you're going to go without some things for a period of time. And there's a purpose behind that. And the same thing for the people of Israel. They're going to have to go without some things, king, prince, uh, all these things. And in doing so, uh, it's going to cause them to need and want. Uh, But God doesn't always give us what we think we need or what we want. And sometimes he does that to show us what we really need. And so we see that play out in verse 5, because you might ask, well, why does God not always give us what we want or think we need, right? Uh, I mean, the easy answer there is we, we know better. We know that we don't always know what we really need. We know what we think we need. Uh, God sometimes understands better what we need. But verse 5 really helps us to see this afterwards. It says this in verse 5, Afterward, the children of Israel shall shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king, and they shall come in fear to the Lord and to his goodness in the latter days. You see see how this plays out? So God puts them in a situation, the people of Israel and Gomer, in a situation where he takes from them things that they think they have to have to live life, right? Right? We've been there. We've had those moments where all of a sudden the rug is pulled out from under us. We thought we were, everything was okay, and then all of a sudden it's not. And what are we going to do, right? Well, God has a plan. God has a plan. And his plan here is that going without these things will cause, verse 5, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God. It is so that they will remember that they need Him. We need to be reminded at times that we need Him. You know, we we get in the tizzy of life and we start to think we can do this on our own. We've got this figured out. And the truth is, is we need the Lord. We've got all kinds of families right now who are in the midst of moments where if you ask them, do you need the Lord right now? They'd say, absolutely, I need the Lord. And some of them would say, I am clinging to Him with every last breath and every every ounce of might that I have right now to get through the moment that I'm in. Goes on and says, And David the king, I'm sorry, go back, verse 5, Afterward the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God, and David the king, that they'll seek him as well. He was 
someone who was trying to follow the Lord as well. And they shall come in fear to the Lord and to His goodness in the latter days. And again, this gives us a picture that there's a time frame here involved, which speaks of God having a plan, right? And then furthermore, that we can see even that part of the plan is not that they just see that they need the Lord, but that they would come back to the idea that they would have some healthy fear of the Lord. You know, the kind of healthy fear that a child has of a parent who loves them, but is also willing to discipline them, who is not willing to let them just go off the rails and then end up getting hurt. God loves us. He cares for us, and He doesn't want us hurting ourselves, falling into sin, following some other God. You know, all those things. He wants the very best for us. He cares for us. God is also honoring a promise here that He made with David in 2 Samuel. But overall, we just have this understanding, number one, that He has a plan, but also that sometimes He just needs to get our attention. And sometimes the only way he gets our attention is when he takes away all the things that we have made our gods, that we have made our things, that we've made so important. It's all we think about. It's all we, it's all we do. He has a plan, and his plan is to bring us back to him. I want to read a verse to you here, a couple of verses out of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. And it says this, It says, He, talking about Christ, He bore our sins in His body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By His wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. I think that this is so good and it reminds us that He has this plan and His plan is simple. It is to rescue. It is to save. It's to rescue. It is to save. He Himself bore our sins in His body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By His wounds, you have been healed. Have you been healed? Have you been healed of sin in your life? Have you ever trusted in Jesus to be your Savior? Have you ever believed in Him to be enough? Have you ever believed that the work that happened on the cross, that 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 was enough, that the blood of Jesus was enough to appease the Lord, that our sins could be forgiven if we believe and trust in Him as our Savior? I hope you have. If you haven't, I urge you, seek the Lord right now. Talk to somebody. Pray. Cry out to God. Say, God, I need you now. I need you to save me now. Lord, I'm a sinner, and I trust in you and the work that you've done through your son, Jesus. Verse 25 says, For you were strained like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. You were strained like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd. A good shepherd goes after sheep. I got to tell you, as a shepherd, that's hard sometimes. It's hard to keep up 
with people. And, and, and honestly, in this day and age, uh, you get the feeling a lot of times that people don't want you coming after them. Uh, they want to be left alone sometimes or whatever, and you want to be respectful. But at the same time, uh, you know, you don't want any, I don't want, I don't want anybody that's a part of our body, part of our church uh, to feel left out. Um, but the shepherd seeks out the sheep and that's what God does for us. And even after we stray away after other gods, he comes after us. He bought us back. Despite our sin, he still loves us. It's the story of Homer, uh, Hosea, and Gomer. It's the story of Hosea and Gomer. That that same thing happened because God did the same thing for us. He goes and buys his wife back. She strayed away. She wasn't coming back to him. But just like that, just like what we've done in our lives, we many times have strayed away from the Lord, not looking back. And what's he done? He's come after us. He has sought us out. He's bought us back. Despite running away, despite the other gods that we might seek out to worship in our lives, He all along has had a rescue strategy from the very beginning. I hope that you know Him. I hope that you know what it means to be rescued by the Lord through what He did through His Son. His Son bore our sins in His body on that tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By His wounds, you have been healed. That is His rescue strategy. Jesus took our place. We couldn't ask for more. I hope that you trust in Him right now. Let's pray together. God, thank you for so simply helping us to understand, Lord, what you've done not just to say that you love us, but to show us how much you love us by sending your only son to die for us. What an amazing thing you've done for us. God, I pray, I pray that we would be reminded, Lord, that you love us so much, God, that you literally pursue us when we run away. God, I pray that, Lord, as we at times run or turn in life, not even realizing we're doing it to other things, God, I pray that you would seek us out And God, I pray that you would get our attention when we need you to do so. God, may we come always back to you. May we always see you for who you are in your goodness and your love and how you care for us. God, I pray that you would do something special in our lives and in the life of our church right now. God, I pray that we would just trust in you to do what only you can do, to work in only the ways that you can work. God, I just just thank you, Lord, that you are and that you will, and God, may we trust you through all these moments. Lord, thank you for reminding us that you have a plan and that you have a strategy, and that strategy is to rescue. God, thank you for doing that. Thank you for salvation. We ask all this in your son's name. Amen.